All right. Hey, uh, welcome to Family Vacation, guys. And Florida just came, so let's give a hand to Florida for making it down here. Not the whole state, but, you know, a good chunk of them. I don't know if the old man Donnie D is down here yet or not, but uh, they, uh, they just made the trip that we made for years and years and years, and uh, they just made it in the opposite direction, so we're glad you guys are here. Uh, so uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right into things, all right? Let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven. God, I just want to thank you for this weekend, for the opportunity for us to get together, God, with a bunch of campus ministries and student ministries, God, teens, uh, God, who all are people who are uh, longing to be like you. God, that we want to be a group of students who are making a difference in the communities where you place us, God. And I pray that you'll be able to help us to this weekend become people who are more connected to the vine than ever before, God, that we can be branches, God, that, that don't need to be uh, taken off, God, and thrown into a fire, but God, that we can be branches that bear fruit like no other, God, and that uh, it will give us the opportunity to really see change in the world around us, God, to see change on our campuses, and uh, lives change, God, and people brought to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So uh, this weekend, we're we are coming out of John chapter 15 for the whole weekend, and uh, we're going to be looking at the vine and the branches, and I know that, uh, that you guys are probably familiar with this passage. If you've been to church very long at all, you've heard about bearing fruit, you've heard about these things, and I want to read uh, John chapter 15. We're just going to read verses 1 through 8 for tonight, and uh, we're going to kind of talk about them a little bit. It says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is sown away, withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You know, I, I was thinking about this lesson. I was like, okay, we've got to really attack this weekend who we are as people. Uh, one of the things, would you rather me use a handheld mic? You sure? Will it, will it have less feedback issues, you think? Okay, so keep going. All right. So what I really want us to do is kind of look at this passage and just ask ourselves a few questions. And the first one is, is that I need to ask myself who I am. You see, you sure? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Is there a handheld? Is that better? All right, perfect. All right, so like I said, is, uh, the first thing that I think we really have to do this weekend is we have to identify exactly who we are. Uh, you know, the world runs around in crisis all the time because people have no idea who they really are. And it's gotten to the point in a lot of ways that it's almost comical. Uh, people are searching for who they are in such a desperate way. They're walking around depressed. They're walking around confused. They have no idea exactly who they are or why they exist or how they ended up here in the first place. Uh, the other night, I came out of Target, and I was listening to these students. There was a group of high school students that were walking in front of me. And it was the most hilarious conversation. And I'm not making fun of this. It was hilarious because even they couldn't figure out their own confused scenario. They were talking about their and their friends' pronouns and who they were and what they and, – and they were literally arguing with each other about, about what they were supposed to call each other, and they couldn't figure it out. 
And the whole way to the car, I was walking behind them, and I was thinking to myself, this is the craziest time we are living in because people literally have no idea who they are. They couldn't even figure it out amongst themselves. And it's nothing new. I think back, back to when I was in high school, before everything was the way it is now, and everyone was still confused about exactly who they were and what they were there for. You know, every, you watch movie after movie, you listen to song after song, and they're about people looking to find that thing that they can't seem to find. They're searching for something, and God tells us very clearly in this passage exactly who we are. And if we are going to be people who are going to be able to live, and if we are going to be a group of campus ministries and teen ministries that are going to bear fruit, the first thing that we have to realize is who we are. Because the identity crisis that the world is facing shouldn't be happening in the church to where we have no idea who we are, what we're about, and where we come from. Because the Bible spells it out clearly over and over again. If you were to keep reading down through John chapter 15 and you keep reading what it says over and over again, you see Jesus saying, I am the true vine, my father takes care of the vineyard, and you are the branches. And over and over again, he makes it very clear that that's who he is. Now, for most of you here, you are a part of that vine, whether, you, whether you've really connected that or not. And you have to look at that and you have to ask yourself, well, okay, exactly when did I get connected to that vine? For most of you in here, how many of you in here, if you were to raise your hand, would say, yes, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I've been baptized into Christ, and I'm a follower of him. If you look at, at Galatians 3, 26 and 27, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, all of those things, what they do is they let you know that whenever you became a follower of Jesus, when you died to yourself in baptism, you clothed yourself in Christ, and you connected yourself to, to him in a way that should make a drastic difference in your life. Now, the, the majority of you raised your hand and said that's who you are tonight, right? Let's do it one more time. Everybody who says that's where you're at right now in life, raise your hand really high. Now, everybody look around, all right? If you've been baptized into Christ and you're connected to the vine, look around. And I want you to look around because whenever I say the things I'm going to say tonight, I want you to realize that I'm not preaching to people who aren't here. I'm talking to us. I'm talking to those of us who say, I'm connected to the vine, I am a branch of that vine, because there are some things that we're going to have to come to grips with if we're going to be people who stay connected to the vine, and if we're going to be people who are able to bear fruit. You see, Jesus is the vine that we're connected to. You made that decision when you were baptized into Christ. You are the branch, and you are designed to bear fruit. You don't have to wonder who you are, whose you are, or what you're here to do. He makes it very, very clear. You are a branch that is connected to me, and I want to take care of you, and I want you to do well. I'll prune you. I'll do whatever it has to take, but I want you to be healthy, and I want you to be someone who bears the fruit of other things. Now, see, whenever we study the Bible with, the people, with people at the Crossing Church, this is something that we study very seriously whenever we study about what discipleship looks like. A lot of you have been through that study, and I know a lot of you other ministries use those exact same studies. So let me ask you this. How many of you have been through the discipleship study where we talk about one of the truths, one of the, one of the truths, one of the fruits, one of the traits of a disciple is that they bear fruit? How many of you guys have went through that? Everybody look around, all right? Almost everybody in here has been through that study where we tell you very specifically where God's word spells it out for you that if you're a disciple of Jesus, that you are expected to bear fruit. Now, there are all kinds of ways that we can bear fruit as disciples. And I came across one this week that I didn't even really realize that, that, that it was what it was. But in Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips, 
that openly profess his name. And I looked at that pastor, and I'm like, man, I've never really thought about our worship and us praising God as being a fruit of our lives as disciples. You know, there are times where, you, where I come in tonight, I was looking around. And when you look around at a crowd this size, who all pretty much claim to be disciples, who all claim to be connected to the vine, you would think that you would look around and you would just see an outpouring of love and an adoration and of just worship to God, right? And for the most part, you see that. But there are also lots of times where I look around, not only here, but at our church, and I see people who aren't really showing the fruit of their lips in praise. I look around and I see some people who are pouring their hearts out to God. Their hands are raised. They're, they're, pra- they're praising him. But there's also those people who look like they had no clue what God has ever done for them in their entire lives. But worship can be one of those fruits. Matthew 28, 18, we talk about this very specifically. If you are a disciple, if a tree is going to bear fruit, if an apple tree is going to bear fruit, what is it going to bear? What kind of fruit? An apple, right? What does a pear tree produce? What does a grapevine produce? Grapes, right? So what do disciples produce? What should disciples produce? Disciples, right? Matthew 28, 18 through 20, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One of the very last things Jesus said to, said to his apostles and to the disciples who were following around, he looked at me and said, listen, you're here to bear fruit, and you're supposed to go into all the world and do it. You're a disciple of mine. Go make more disciples. And when we study the Bible with other people, and when you went through the discipleship study, that was, that was spelled out pretty plainly for you, right? Hey, this is what you are here to do. You are here to bear fruit, this kind of fruit specifically. Then you've also got another thing, what? The fruits of the Spirit, right? Those are fruits that you should see in the life of a disciple. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against things there's no such, there's no law. You know, you look at this and he says, listen, if you're a disciple, then there are certain fruits that should well up naturally out of your life that show up. You should be someone who's loving. You should be patient. You should be kind. You should be gentle. And all of those things that when we study the Bible, we say this is what a disciple looks like. Now, after we study the discipleship study, that isn't where it stops, right? We go on, and eventually we get to repentance, and we get to baptism. And at that point, you made a decision about whether or not you were going to be someone who was connected to the vine and whether or not you were going to be someone who was going to bear fruit. And when you made that commitment to God, when you died to yourself in baptism, when you connected yourself to the vine, that's what you said that you were going to do, that you were going to bear fruit, that when people looked at your life, they would see the fruits of the Spirit that they would see you had changed, that there was something different about you because instead of seeing the anger and the bitterness and the frustration and the hate and the discord and all the crap that was there before, when they looked at your life after you made that decision, they were supposed to be able to look and see you bearing the fruits of the Spirit, right? How many of you guys remember committing to that when you were baptized to Christ, that that's what you were saying? Do you remember when you, were, when you were baptized into Christ that you were saying, I'm going to be someone who makes other disciples? Do you remember that? Because that's what we were called to do. We were called to be people who are going to make other disciples. And those are the fruits that we kind of aim for. But the thing is, there is also bad fruit. 
Do you realize that? A tree isn't always going to produce good fruit. There can be bad fruit. Matthew chapter 7, verses 16, 16 through 20 says this. You will recognize them by their fruits. So he's saying, listen, you want to know who's following me? Look at what, take, what takes place in their lives. You're going to recognize it by what shows up from their life. He says, and then he goes on to say, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Now, I know that you guys said that you remember when you became a disciple of Jesus, when you decided that you were going to be connected to the vine and you were going to be a branch of his, that we understood we were saying, I'm going to be different. I'm going to bear the fruits of the Spirit. I'm going to make other disciples. But the problem is, if we're really honest in our ministries and in some of our individual lives, whenever you look at what has taken place since you were baptized into Christ, the fruits that you are seeing are not the fruits that you studied about, but they're something else. And you look at your life, and instead of seeing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all of those things that you should see in your life, what you see is dishonesty. What you see is hypocrisy. What you see is you're full of crap sometimes. And so what happens is God is looking, he's saying, listen, do you want to know if you're connected to me or not? Look at the fruit of your life. Look at what's taking place. And all of us need to be objective about what's going on in our lives if we are going to be able to be people who are able to bear fruit. And some of us need to understand we are in danger of being ripped off of the vine and tossed aside. And this isn't something that God was telling us. Like, he's like, oops, sorry, forgot to tell you this. Surprise, you can't live like that and be connected to me. These are things that we knew before we made that decision. And so what we need to do is we need to start looking and asking ourselves some tough questions about what our connection to the vine is producing in our lives. Because if you are not producing the fruit of the Spirit and you are not producing other disciples, that should be a massive red flag for you and I. A, a disciple who doesn't make other disciples, Jesus would have been like, what is that? I, I don't know what that is because... An apple, an apple tree reproduces apples, and pear trees reproduce pears, and disciples make other disciples. You see, and, and sometimes results and fruit aren't the same thing. Because I've seen this take place. To be quite honest, there are some people out there who you know, they can live their life in a completely ungodly manner, but they still have people come to church with them. They still have people come to Crosstat and show up. And, and they even will baptize people. But do you know what the issue is whenever your fruit is bad and then you re reproduce yourself? It's not really fruit. It's disease fruit. But the Bible technically says that you'll go over land and sea and do everything you can to find a single convert. But then what do you do with them? You make them twice the son of hell that you are. Our campus ministries are never going to effectively change our colleges. Your high school ministry is never going to effectively change the school where you go if people look at our ministries and they see it full of hypocrisy and diseased fruit. 
And we this weekend had the opportunity to make some decisions about what kind of fruit we are going to bear. And you have the opportunity to make some decisions about whether or not you are going to stay connected to the vine and God is going to be able to prune you and discipline you and you take care of you or whether or not he's going to come towards us with an ax. You can produce good fruit and you can produce bad fruit, but you're going to produce fruit. You're going to produce fruit. It just depends on what, you're, what kind of fruit you're going to produce. A famous preacher one time, he was out walking, and he ran across, this is a true story, he ran across this drunk dude on the street. And this drunk guy walked up to him, and he was like, and his D.L. Moody is his name, but he walks up to Moody, and he's like, hey man, I'm one of your converts. And D.L. Moody looked at him and said, you know what? You must be one of my converts, because you're definitely not one of the Lord's. And he was trying to tell this guy, listen, you can tell by the, look at, by the way that you're living, you are not connected to the vine. You are not one of God's. You are not a disciple if that's the way you're choosing to live your life. I don't know if that man ever woke up or not, but what he was calling him to was repentance. And for a lot of us in here, this weekend should be a weekend of repentance for us. It should be an opportunity for us to say, man, I know when I look at my life, I know what I committed to, but is that what I've been doing? And make a decision about whether or not you're going to either, you either need to cut yourself off from the vine or you need to say, I'm going to become someone who produces good fruit. In Matthew chapter 3, sorry, I got to close this. Matthew chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, it says this, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that these stones of God can raise up children of Abraham. And what he's saying, he's saying, listen, I don't care what your pedigree is. I don't care how long you've been going to church. I don't care if you grew up in the church. I don't care who you can point back to in the past that was connected to God that you are somehow connected to as well. You can't use that excuse. He says you've got to be someone who realizes, if I want to raise up people, descendants of Abraham, I can do that. That's not what matters to me. Produce fruit, fruit in keeping with repentance because the axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. So this is John the Baptist talking. He's saying, listen, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You guys are the ones, you've gotten to experience what John was only telling these people about. John was saying, listen, I'm only baptizing you for repentance, but you're going to repent and you're going to be baptized by Jesus and it's going to be so much different and it's going to be so much better. You have a power living within you that the people in this passage didn't even have. God made repentance easier for us by doing that. And he lets us know, listen, there is an ax at the stump of this. It's ready to cut this tree down. You have got to be someone who produces fruit in keeping with repentance. One of the things that I want you guys to talk about tonight when you are in your rooms, because guys, to be quite honest, in my experience of 25 years of campus ministry, the good stuff does not happen here. The good stuff does not happen in the classes during the worship time. The good stuff happens when you have to sit down eyeball to eyeball across from another disciple who knows your heart, who knows your life, and knows the way that you live, and you allow yourself to be honest with them, and you ask them to be honest with you and say, I want to be someone who is producing fruit in keeping with repentance. What do I need to do? 
What do I need to do to be someone who is producing fruit in keeping with repentance? What do I need, need to do to go from producing bad, wasted, useless, rotten fruit to becoming someone who is able to produce great fruit? Because let me tell you something. The sad thing so many times in ministry is this. The people who should be producing the most fruit oftentimes are producing rotten fruit. And they have so much potential. And you sit there and you look at them and you're like, man, what a waste. What God could be doing with this person if they would just repent and realize they're connected to the vine. And realize that he has great plans for them and wants to let them have incredible bearing of fruit, an incredible harvest. You see, whether or not you are going to produce good fruit really is dependent upon your connection to the vine. Bearing the fruit depends on dependence. It depends on you realizing that you are not going to be able to do it on your own. It depends on connection. It depends on you being connected to the origin and you belonging to something bigger than yourself because you're right, you don't have it within yourself. And as long as we start thinking that I can produce anything on my own of my own efforts, we are going to continue to produce bad fruit. That sense of independence that you want to have where you want to be like, I want to do me and I want to do my own thing. That's why you, that's why you and I produce bad fruit. Because we start, we start forgetting that if we are going to produce good fruit, it relies on us being dependent upon being connected to the vine. Jeremiah 17 verses 7 and 8 says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is, is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. He says, listen, if, you're, if you are someone who is connected to God, if your trust is really in God, if that's where it actually lies, you don't have to worry about all the issues and problems that other people face in their life. You don't have to ever worry about being a fruitless tree when you're connected to the vine. When your trust is placed in God, which again is exactly what you said you were doing at your baptism, that you are placing all of your trust in God no longer in yourself, that's what the Bible says we do. And he says when you do that, he is going to allow you to be someone who is fruitful and is strong and who is powerful. You will be like a mighty oak of righteousness. And I have to depend on my connection to the vine, and I have to let God do work. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You are not going to bear fruit without a connection to the vine. The secret of living is bearing fruit. But if you're not connected to the vine, you will never be able to bear fruit. You've got to let God work. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says this. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He says, listen, I am here all the time. And if you're a branch that is connected to the vine, I will take care of you. I will help you produce good fruit. I will dwell, my Holy Spirit will dwell within you. And I will help you accomplish my purposes. That's what I want to do for you. Now, where a lot, of, a lot of churches these days have gotten themselves in trouble, though, is they, that what they do is they step back and see, like, God's going to do it all. I don't need to do anything. And to be quite honest, that's not our theology as churches. That's not what we believe. That's not what we teach. That's not what you see in any of the studies you would study with any of the ministries that are here. But so many times, I think that's still the approach that a lot of people take. 
is we think, okay, well, God's going to do it so I can step back and I don't really have to require any effort. I don't have to do anything because God's got this under control and it doesn't require me to do anything at all. But the thing is, you have to let God do work, but you have to do work as well. You have to be willing to do work as well. James chapter 2, verse 20 through 22 says this, you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions were working together. His faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. When you look at that passage, one thing that people want to do all the time is they want to tell you, well, you just have to believe and that's all there is to it. Is that all Abraham did was believe or did he obey? He obeyed. You see, true belief, true trust, and true faith requires us to be obedient. And when we're not obedient, we don't produce good fruit. We don't produce good things. When we're disobedient, we produce bad fruit. It goes on and it says, um, Abraham believed God and it was credited him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Which is funny because a lot of churches' sayings now are faith alone, which is completely anti-scriptural. But you look at this, and he says, listen, Abraham was a guy who God had made some huge promises to. I don't know if you guys remember, but in Genesis chapter 22, 15 through 18, it says the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations will, on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. God comes to Abraham, this man who has longed to have a family. He has longed to be fruitful and multiply, which if you go back to the beginning of Scripture, that's what we were designed to do. This man who wanted it so incredibly bad and couldn't have a family. And God's like, hey, dude, relax. You're going to have a family. And he makes him all these big promises. And then years and years and years go by to where Abraham's like, yeah, this whole family thing, it ain't going to happen. They didn't have the pills. They didn't have what he needed to make sure that he was able to have a family back then. He's like, this thing is dead. It's not going anywhere. I'm not going to have a family. That's not where this is going. And God says, listen, I've still got you. And then he tells him to go and sacrifice his son. And he does what God says. And he's willing to let that go in obedience to God because he believed God. And when he does that, God says, listen, don't kill your son. And I'm going to give you something so good. I'm still, I'm going to continue to bless you. You're going to have, your, your offspring are going to be numerous like the stars. And I think about our ministries and, and, and I think about, when I first got into campus ministry and the dreams that I had for what campus ministry could do in the world. And I think about all of the lives that I thought about being changed. And I think about times where I would sit on my campus and you would watch people on your campus just kind of running around, scurrying around like a bunch of ants. You know, they're going to class, they're going to practice, they're going, they're going to hang out with their friends, they're going down to Main Street to party, they're going, you know, and you just watch all these people all around you. They're everywhere surrounding you. And I remember sitting in the middle of my campus thinking, God can change all of these people's lives. And I would dream about the fruit that God wanted to, that he wanted to bear, the harvest that he wanted to have on my campus. 
And I remember having massive dreams for what God could do. And I remember at that time not just thinking about that campus, but being like, man, but we're going to plant churches. And those, cam- those churches are going to have campus ministries. And they're going to have teen ministries. And God's going to do that same thing on those campuses. And you start developing this massive dream to where you start thinking about the fruit that was going to be there and all the disciples. And you can start thinking, man, they're gonna, it's going to look like the stars in the sky. There's going to be so much fruit. And it's going to be so incredible. And I think about Abraham thinking about that and going, man, how's God going to use me? I, can't, I haven't had a kid forever. And then he finally has a kid. And he's like, I got one kid. How's this going to happen? And God says, no, it's, I, my promise is still true. You stay connected to me. You stay connected to the vine. And I promise you, I can bring about a huge harvest. You can bear more fruit than you've ever imagined. And God followed through on his promise. And so sometimes whenever I look at the ministry in our ministry, and I look at the ministries that we're a part of, and every year we talk about this, right, about how we shouldn't fit in the, in the room we were in the year before, but guess what we do the next year? We fit in the same room we were. And I start, I start wondering, man, when Abraham looked at that and all that time passed and he wasn't, he wasn't bearing any fruit, he wasn't having any kids, man, how heartbreaking that must have been. How did he keep going? And was God the problem or was he the problem? And I start thinking about my ministry, and I think about the fruit that I would love to see produced in my ministry. But I know there have been many times in my life where I haven't, uh, my ministry hasn't borne the fruit that God wanted it to, but it wasn't God's issue. And I think about in my own life, there have been those moments where you have to be real enough with yourself to say, man, I've been producing some crap fruit lately, and I know God wants me to get to create something so much better, and I know I'm connected to the vine. I need to start committing myself to him and allowing him to work through me to bear fruit. You see, whenever we're not bearing fruit, the issue isn't God. There are things in our lives that we're not allowing God to get rid of. We're not allowing him to prune. We're not allowing him to cut off that, that hold us back, that keep us from being able to develop, that keep us from being able to bear fruit the way that God wants to. And sometimes it just doesn't happen as fast as we want to. And we want it to happen immediately. And God says, listen, first you're going to, there's a little flower's going to pop up and then this fruit's going to come about. And inside of fruit is seed for another fruit. Do you realize that? You know, discipleship, and bearing fruit was meant to be a multiplication process to where when you bear fruit, that fruit has a seed, and then it's going to multiply, and it's going to have other fruit, and it's going to continue to grow. And all of us need to ask ourselves and be just really honest with myself about what kind of fruit I'm bearing. And if I'm not bearing good fruit, what does my connection to the vine look like? Have I forgotten what I committed to when I, first, when I first started? God's word says, listen, if you're in that spot wherever you're looking, you're like, I don't know what happened. I don't know where I'm at. I need to go back and do the things that I did at first. I need to look back to the first commitment that I made and say, listen, I remember when I decided I was going to give everything to God, and I wanted to be that disciple who was going to bear the fruits of the Spirit. I wanted to be that disciple who was going to make other disciples and get back to that spot. Because if we're not bearing fruit, it's not because God doesn't want to. From, from the very start of Scripture, when God started dealing with man, he wanted us to be fruitful and multiply. You watch that happen all throughout the Old Testament. He is constantly telling them about their family, about the descendants, about the fruit of their, of their family, and what it's going to produce. You look, at, you look at all the way to Adam and Eve, you look at Abraham, you look at David, you look all the way through, and then you get to the New Testament, and he starts blowing it up even more. He's like, this is what all of you were designed to do was to go forth and make other disciples. You know, one of the things that, that, 
that we've got to realize is that if people look at our lives and they don't see the fruits of the Spirit, it's a lot harder to make another disciple as well. And tonight, the big question I want us to talk about when you go back to your discussions in your rooms is I really just want us to ask ourselves the question, what do I need to repent of? What needs to change so that I'm able to bear good, good fruit? And maybe even have some honest discussions about the bad fruit that you've been bearing. This is what my life's been looking like. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm engaged in. This is where I'm at. Because until we get, we get, get all that out there, it's very difficult to move forward and change and become what we need to be. But God designed us all to be people who are going to bear fruit. And, and one of the things, like, I know sometimes it's difficult for some people. You look at yourself and you're like, I don't think I can do that. I don't know how I can bear fruit. I'm awkward. I'm, I'm whatever. You know, you, you, we put all kinds of nice little labels on ourselves that limit us from being able to bear fruit. And we think that, that the way we view ourselves keeps us from bearing fruit. But, you know, I, again, I, I said something similar to this earlier, but one of the things that I've always seen is that the people who you think would bear lots of fruit a lot of times are not the people who bear fruit. And that's not because they're incapable, but whenever you're good looking or you have a great personality, you tend to rely on those things other than God. And so because you're relying on those things, you don't have fruit that lasts. You don't, you don't bear fruit at all, or the fruit that you do bear doesn't last very long because you're so thinking, thinking about yourself and doing it yourself. But man, I've seen people in the campus ministry so many times bear fruit. Who Those are the people who you're looking at and you're like, how in the world did that person get someone to come to cross chat with them? How in the world is that person able to repeatedly have people come to Christ? And I think it's because they look and they rely, rely upon Christ more than the other people do. No one in this room has an excuse for not bearing fruit. No one who is connected to the vine has an excuse to not bear fruit. Not a single person here. And it's time to do away with the excuses, and it's time to do away with all of the stuff that holds us back and realize, man, I am a branch that was designed to bear fruit. I'm connected to the vine, and there is a gardener who is tending after me, trying to make me successful at everything that I'm involved in because he wants to see great things happen. And that we'll get out of his way and we'll allow God to work in a way that allows us to bear fruit. That's what this weekend is really going to be all about. It's going to be about being people who are connected to the vine, branches who are connected to him in such a way that allows us to change the lives of everyone that we come into contact with. It allows us to bear fruit like we've never imagined bearing fruit before. But it all really does come down to repentance. It all really comes down to us being who God calls us to be and putting away all the excuses. So tonight, when you talk in groups, let's do that. All right, we're going to pray. We're going to sing a couple songs, and we're going to let you... We're going to sing a song, and then we're going to let you guys go and have some time with your groups. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, I want to thank you tonight, God, for just being a God who loves us. God, uh, that you connected us uh, to yourself, God, and you give us everything we need to be able to be fruitful, God. And whenever we're not being fruitful, God, it's not because you don't want us to be. It's because, God, that we need to make some changes in our lives. And I pray that this weekend that all of our ministries, all the individuals in our ministries, can be honest with ourselves enough to change, to become who, we, who you need us to be, God, so that other people's lives can be changed as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.